What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 229. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy. We talk about the Patreon, merch shop, books, TV shows, movies, video games, and a bunch of shit in between. Thanks for checking us out. We're joined by Kubi. Hello. Back again for another month. It's gone by fast. And actually, another year. It's a whole new year now. It's 2021 as of t- yesterday. Yeah. So we're recording. This is the first one I've actually recorded in 2021. Uh, nothing's changed. Uh, nothing seemed awesome yet. I mean, stimulus checks hit the pin. They're pinning in the account. So whatever that's good for. I guess they're pending in your account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. I have nothing pending in my account. Yeah, we don't put your account on the taxes, so they don't have your account, basically, is the way it works. That's okay. I mean, next year we can, if yeah, you like. it's fine. Um, But this way I can steal the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of money, uh, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash mo. You can go there and give any amount of money. I think it's a dollar, actually, or more. And uh, you'll get early access to the podcast. You can give enough. You can be like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, and Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear. Um, Again, not to harp on it too much longer. This will be my last time, I think. At the moment, Pow Wow's payment canceled. It said it doesn't say he canceled. It says payment, like, declined. He probably got a new card or something. That's what I'm thinking. But... uh. I don't know if he'll update it. We'll see. So that's been our big watch out. He probably doesn't realize. I know. But I feel like a beggar if I text him, hey, update your card to give me $10 a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a weird scenario. Um, and he said he was going to come visit us last month and he never did. So I'm kind of mad at him. Well, I wasn't prepared for this uh, powwow discussion but oh. i hope he's doing well <laughs> me too but also in a like professional wrestling way fuck him you know <laughs> um and then we also have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast you can go there and get some cool t-shirts um i know i used to say oh i'm gonna make some new designs and i think about it all the time but honestly what else can i make besides the podcast logo i feel like that's the podcast design so there you go yeah well i think we could get some nymeria merch I mean, we can make a whole other story. She's a you, mascot. You can make an unlimited number of stories. Um, yeah, not Mary, uh, if we ever had her on the podcast and her picture was available, maybe. Well, she, her nails click in the background sometimes. This is true. Um, all right. So do you want to do books first or last? Let's start with the books today. All right. So people that don't know, if you're new to the podcast, um, Kubi's my wife, because I guess some people out there wonder or don't oh, know, because, yeah. you know, I don't always necessarily bring it up. And We've been together uh, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Um, and normally every month she comes on and talks about all the books she read, because last year she had this goal to read a bunch of books. She had to change it just so slightly, which I think she'll get into. This year was a failure. And uh so, yeah, for anyone out there who likes books, uh, this is the episode for you. And then normally I bring up TV because I like TV shows. We watch TV. So that's yeah, how these episodes today. go. Um, so what are how many books did you do this month? First off, six books, I believe, are in front of me. Yes, six books. And I ended the year with 60, which was not my goal. My goal was 65. Yeah. So but I broke a tie with last year or you know yeah, matched so last year in 2019 you done 60 and then you done 60 again yes right that's pretty good not what i had intended but you know the fall just really hit you i don't know something about it i really hit i snagged if you go back and look at my timeline i really hit a snag around may and june no oh, interesting yeah i would have thought those well, i guess because they pushed yeah, the way the schooling and all everything worked, I guess. I yeah, know. it was just crazy times. But um, anyway, I ended the year with 60 books and I read six in December. 
So the first one I'll talk about is a collection of three stories. You tried to get me to count this as three separate books. I was trying to help you out. But it doesn't work that way on Goodreads. But this Uh, is called Let It Snow. And the the main author people probably know is John Green. He wrote um, The Fault in Our Stars, Looking for Alaska, Turtles All the Way Down, that first Abundance one of Catherine. became a movie, so I'm, I'm familiar with the title. Okay. And then we have Maureen Johnson, who I've never heard of before, and Lauren Merkel, who I also haven't heard of before. But they all three wrote story uh, called Let It Snow. And each story, or each, there's technically three different stories. I can't remember what they're all called. The Jubilee Express, which is about a main girl named Jubilee. Um, there's a cheer-tastic Christmas miracle. And then the third one is the, the patron saint of pigs. So these three stories all center around a snowstorm that traps everybody like in their homes and stuff on Christmas Eve. And we have, um, one character who's actually, she was stuck on a train and she has to disembark and go and stay with, um, a stranger which is not safe, but that's what she does. Um, the second story is about a group of three friends who are trying to make it to their local waffle house where a bunch of cheerleaders have been snowed in. And one of the three friends is a girl and she doesn't understand what the big deal is about the cheerleaders, but all of her other friends are like freaking out about it. And so there's also like a love story in each, each one of these, mm-hmm. by the way. And then in the third one, Um, A girl is like very self-absorbed and her friends kind of make her feel like crap for being self-absorbed. And so she's determined to help them this Christmas instead of focusing on herself. And she's supposed to pick up a pet pig. And it's all the things that happen in the process of trying to get this pig. But anyway, all three of the stories intermingle and um, like the characters cross over a little bit here and there. And there's a Netflix movie, but I never got around to watching it. I was a big part of the plan. This was a book club read. I was going to, sorry, I was going to read the book and then watch the movie, but I never watched the movie. Right. Well, that says a lot about the book. Um, I heard the movie sucked. I mean, it's a cool idea. I used to do these producer challenge podcasts, and I've always thought I'd bring them back, and that'd be a fun idea of like, the title has to be this. Now make the beat to match the title. You know, if that's kind of seems like what it was, you know, they... Gave them a title and then we're like, write a story about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess the blizzard was like the big thing. Let it snow. Right. Um, and then they all three have actually, you know, their own separate title. Oh, I see. I see. The, like the different stories were those three titles I gave. The Jubilee Express. I mean, I don't oh, know. I see. I see. I got you. Well, my mind went somewhere else. Now I have a new idea for podcast episode we'll see if it comes to fruition <laughs> in 2021 all right well you may maybe you should jot that down so you don't forget uh, i'll the fans will let me know out there okay anyway <laughs> oh i just thought of a movie i should add to our list well just I remember don't know. it okay i'll try <laughs> <laughs> all right what's the next one um just mercy by brian stevenson and I have not watched this movie either, but I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it has Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx, I think. So I just read the book this month, so I haven't had, you know, obviously a lot of time to to watch the movie, but I would like to. Just Mercy. It's a story of justice and redemption. And you probably know about it because it's had a lot of buzz in the media. Um, I'm only aware because I really like Michael B. Jordan and he plays, I believe, the character Just Mercy in the movie. So it says from one of the most brilliant and influential lawyers of our time comes an unforgettable true story about the redeeming potential of mercy. Brian Stevenson was a gifted young attorney when he found uh, when he founded the Equal Justice Initiative, a legal practice dedicated to defending the poor, the wrongly condemned and those trapped in the furthest reaches of our criminal justice system. One of his first cases was that of Walter McMillan, a young man sentenced to die for a notorious murder he didn't commit. The case drew Stevenson into a tri- into a tangle of conspiracy, political um, machinations and legal brink. Brinksmanship and transformed his understanding of mercy and justice forever. So it does focus mainly on Walter McMillan, but he had a bunch of other cases because that case took years. So it also follows other 
legal cases that he um, helped participate in and, you know, just the ramifications that being wrongly sentenced to prison can have on a person. And ultimately, we all just need to have our a little bit of mercy and kindness and compassion for people and realize, you know, that their circumstances surrounding and our justice system isn't merciful and right. well, isn't and kind. And I don't know if it gets into it in the book, but just where my mind always goes on this since we watch that one John Oliver thing about bail is that people waiting for their trial. Like you said, that took years. I bet for years that got set in jail. It wasn't, he got to well, sit at it home was years before he ever even met. Right. The his lawyer, you know, like And so this whole like innocent until proven guilty, but you're also gonna sit in jail until we've decided. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not innocent until proven guilty. That's guilty till proven innocent, I think, if you sit in jail for any I don't know. It's it's weird the way our system works. But I get it. People are And it's like a lot of the prisoner or, like to kind of go off of what you're saying, a lot of the men who have been imprisoned are just so thankful to even have him sit with them for a minute because no one has explained to them the process or went the timeline like they don't even right. have dates for things like so they were just and so he was so humbled by just like their genuine like even if you can't do anything for me thank you for just talking to me right and so it was really hard to to listen to some of the stories that those people have gone through um, oh trust me it's hard talking to people in prison like LV, but <laughs> yeah. we're cool. But it was a really good book, and I do want to watch the movie in 2021. So remind me at some point. That's one we should do. Okay. All right. So the next book is one I really liked, and it's probably my favorite of the month. Um, Frederick Backman, he wrote A Man Called Ove, which is really famous. Um, Britt Marie was here. I don't know. He's a very f- famous writer, but this is my first Backman book. And it's called Anxious People. It was a book of the month pick. Um, it was technically an add-on. But anyway, it's a very complicated story. Um, I should probably just read the jacket, but I'm not going to. Um, it focuses like, gosh, 10 different characters. And they are all centered in a apartment viewing in the city. I believe it's New York. Pretty sure it's New York. Um, And the story opens up with a bank robber. Oh, no, it's not in New York at all. It's in Sweden. I'm sorry. It's in Sweden. Um, Duh. I don't know why. It's not it's not an American book. It's been translated into English. Um, But anyway, they have weird fucking names. Yes, they all have crazy names. I read one book series or two books in a book series that was translated from German and all the names are I'm like, you couldn't translate that to normal fucking names. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did like it, but um, basically the it's a cashless bank that he that they try to rob. And so it all goes wrong and they have a gun, but doesn't really want to use it. And I keep saying they because. Anyway, I don't want to give too much away, but the bank robber ends up at the apartment viewing and holds them all hostage. But the bank robber has no intention of actually hurting anybody. It's just like a desperate situation where uh, they needed very little money, but they had to have it um, to save their family sort of situation. But anyway, at the apartment viewing, you get um, all these other eccentric characters and um it kind of reminds it's a big mystery like who is the bank robber uh because you also have these two cops who are investigating this story so you have these two cops who have called in all these different witnesses to the hostage situation and they're all giving their account of what happened um but every story is slightly different you know what i mean um and then ultimately there's this bank robber but there's a therapist there's a millionaire banker there's an old uh couple who never um you know they they flip apartments and you know like so there's a bunch of different eccentric people um they're all very anxious as the title implies right um just you know about the everyday turmoils of life but i don't know if you remember the book um the westing game it kind of had some Western game vibes to me, like with the mystery and all the people and they're, you know, centered in an apartment. I'm still building. surprised that book isn't a movie. It was turned into a really cheesy kids movie called Get a Clue, oh. but it wasn't very good. It seems like they're going to make it into like a good one. Yeah. 
anyway. Yeah. Um, but it had Westing game vibes to me, and I don't know if anybody, but but you would, you know, really re- get that reference. But I really right. liked it, and it was probably my favorite book of the month. Um, the characters were all very interesting. Well, hell. So yeah. I'm definitely going to read A Man Called Ove. Um, I have that in paperback, so. Well, I relate to the title. It's about an old man. I don't really know what the rest no, of the story is. Anxious people. Oh, anxious people. Yeah. It was a, it's a good one. And the cover focuses it has two people on it. And there's also this story of a bridge in the background and this man who committed suicide on the bridge and the two different people who or multiple different people in the apartment complex actually are connected to that incident, which is a whole other storyline. But it was really good. Well it has cool. a lot of mental health elements to it with you know anxious and depression and things right. like that all right what's next um the next one is a light fluffy read called in a holidays spelt all funny holidays um, <laughs> that's what it makes me think of by christina lauren and this was um i like to read at least one cheesy december christmas rom- romance and last year i read once Upon a December, I think is what it was called. Um, this one is also along the same vibe, but it kind of had like a Groundhog's Day meets Christmas every day, um, plus a romance. So the main character um, goes to, the, like they have this big holiday retreat and a bunch of different families come together. They're lifelong family friends and they have a celebration in the Colorado mountains in the snowy uh, ski slopes. But the main character kind of does uh, something stupid at the holiday and she ends up making a wish to kind of undo it and be happy. And so she gets into a car accident and then bam, she's back to the beginning of the vacation and she's reliving the experience all over again. And so that Latasha, Leone show, Russian Doll. Remember on Netflix, we watched oh, the first yeah, few episodes yeah, yeah. and then we were like, I can't I yeah. watch the same shit over and over. But um, so, yeah, you get the same thing over and over for like a quarter of the book. And then finally, she starts to get things right and it's staying the same. And so she has a lot of concern that at any minute it's going to go back to the beginning. But I'm super curious if Groundhog's Day was the first one to do that or if there was a story Groundhog's Day brought it from and now we just all call it a Groundhog's Day scenario. (laughs) I'm sure there's got it. That seems like a popular trope. I'm sure there's. Yeah, but what if that was invented in the 80s? That would be even that would just be crazy. I'd have to look into it, but that's a good question. Um, But it was cute. Eventually she gets it right. You know, there's a romance there. There's a boy that she likes. Um, It's got, you know, definitely Christmas. Christmas movie vibes. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets turned into one someday. Um, But it was cute and it was a quick read. And I was trying to get to my goal of 60, my my updated goal of 60. Yeah. All the covers on the last few here are all a little different than the normal ones. They're all cutesy. Kind of cute. Well, the Frederick Bachman one, he always has, this is kind of different. I was looking at the one you just did in the next one. Oh yeah. So the next one is also a holiday romance it's a new year's romance so for the new year i picked this time next year by sophie cousins and it says how many chances to meet your perfect match and so it starts off with these guy and a girl who whose mothers were and this is in london um whose mothers were in the hospital on New Year's Eve, they were both going to be the fir- you know uh, the first baby born in the nineties, and so there's like this big um, money cash prize to the family that gets that has a baby first, and so um, you know you have one family that grows up with this you know good luck, and then another family that always considers everything bad luck, and so the boy and girl have very different lives. And then years later, like 20 something years later, they meet on New Year's Eve, uh, just happen to meet each other and a love story ensues. And it's over several a couple years of them um, not being able to get it right. You know, they it's just they come from two very different worlds and very different circumstances. But eventually it's a sweet story. So it was cute. Um <clears throat> I mean, you get you get what you get with it. It's I think I gave it three stars. Like it was good, but it wasn't like much substance. But 
It was a good pick for a New Year's book. If you are looking for a holiday read, I would definitely pick In a Holidays and This Time Next Year. So I know other people who would like those stories probably more than I did, but right. they were they were cute. It's not like cheesy movies, so. Yeah, they would definitely make it well on Hallmark or Lifetime or something. Right. And then the last one is actually technically um, a short story novella. It's called... How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories by Holly Black. And if you've been with us for a while, you know that I like Holly Black. She wrote the Cruel Prince series, uh, which is the Cruel Prince, the Wicked King, and the Queen of Nothing. And this is the just next story after the Queen of Nothing, but it's not a full book. It's like 200 something pages. Well, since it's so short and has such a long name, I'm only going to write King of Elfheim. Yeah, that's pretty much what most people will refer to <laughs> it as. But um, it's Cardin, Prince Cardin. It's his background story of, you know, how he came to be kind of like this dark prince, fairy prince, cruel prince. I mean, that's the name of the first book. Um but now he is married to Jude and she's trying to show him that he doesn't have to be a cruel, wicked king. He could be a king of the people, you know, help people. And she wants to be a hero. And um, so he kind of is you're getting his backstory and then also kind of how he is transitioning into a better ruler for the, his future. Never so, works. We'll get it to the has, last stars eventually. I'm going to show you. The people at home can't obviously see it, but this is a beautiful edition. It has some artwork on the inside. That's the fairy prince, Cardin. Um, cool. And then the book has this really pretty foil design on it. Yeah. The book looks cooler than the, with the cover. Yeah. So that was the last book I read. I chose that one specifically because it was so short. And it has lots of pictures inside. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if you can really see. Yeah, that's just a whole fucking picture page. Well, that's that's the chapter page. Um, I'll show you a better one. You know, like this. Usually just has something simple in the margins, but cool, still cool. pretty. But anyway, that was a fun read. I like this series and this world. So I enjoyed um, picking it up. Cool. Yeah. So well, 60 books in 2020. have no idea what my goal is going to be for 2021. I was thinking maybe uh, 40 books. I kind of want to keep it simple. Um, mm, I got at least it was 50. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm not pushing it too much. I just don't know. I was thinking originally 36 because that's three books a month, but that's a weird number. So I was rounding it up to 40. But then you just told me 50, and I'm like, dang, I don't know. We'll go 36. Go for it. Just uh, play more video games, watch more movies. I just have a lot of work to do. I don't have extra time to do. It's not because I want to do other activities, it's because I just don't have time. Um, Yeah, I guess. I mean, you did it last two years. Last two years wasn't in the middle of a pandemic and I wasn't having to completely. It's going to be over because the vaccine's going to cure it all. I Uh, don't agree. And I have a lot of work I already need to be doing right now. So, well, I'm in the middle, not really in the middle. I'm at the start of reading a book. So eventually I'll have a book to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll um, have as many books to talk about next year, but I hope you have some. Yeah, I might at least have one ready player two. Um, I'm only on chapter like four or something. I'm not that far into it. Uh, I was very surprised with how they, what they're going with, I guess, in the second one, you know, cause I was like, I don't know how the, if y'all know the first, uh, book is basically about a video game contest in VR and then the main character kind of wins it or whatever. And then this one, I'm like, well, what do you do after he wins? Like, I don't, I just was kind of curious. Like, I, I was, but it seems like they have some plans, you know, and it might get a little more sci-fi. Ish, yeah. and so uh, that's cool, and I really like the way the guy just writes. Who's the author? Um, Ernest Klein. That's what I was thinking. I Ernest think is the last name. <clears throat> um, there's just something about the way he writes that I think is very easy to read, and maybe it's because we're like a comparable. Age. I think he's a little older than me or whatever, but he it's very pop culture references and like lots of like parenthesis open. Let me explain that quick reference. Close print. Like 
you know, how you would reach it on the internet, you know, or whatever, I guess. So um, there's just something about it that's very easy to read. And I'm always like, well, I'll just read it a little bit more and a little bit more. And even his book Armada, which I've read as well. Um, my only complaint with that was it was just very cliche and clearly a movie script. And it was sold as a movie before it was even, I think, done or whatever. And it's just like, well, this is just an 80s uh, action movie. And it yeah. was so easy. But it was such an easy read that it made it seem, I think, quicker than it was before. So anyway, we'll see if I ever, you know, when I finish this book and then if I keep reading after that or not. My foot's asleep, and so I can't I can't move on without acknowledging this. It's well, one of those weird, painful moments. How? Right. Well, uh, so other things we do around here is we do watch some TV shows, and then lately we've been watching some more movies because we've got this new cool TV. So hopefully you appreciate the cool new TV purchase. I know for a while you were kind of anti-new TV. I mean, yeah, it's not like we really had to have it, but I do understand the appeal. Right. It's very cool. Um, so the first thing I have to acknowledge in the TV world is you got me the office on DVD for Christmas. So even though it's left Netflix, I do have the DVDs to watch. Uh, I plan on watching those. Um, eventually I'm sure I'll get Peacock, which is what the office is on now. Um, and watch it there as well. But I feel like I'll at least need to get through all the DVDs once now that I own them. Right. I, I knew that you probably would end up getting them somewhere to stream just because of the convenience of it. But um, I felt like it was one that you would also appreciate owning. Right. Yeah, I like owning shit. I mean, we fucking bought four Christmas vinyls before Christmas. So. Yeah, but they were $1.99. Yeah. But just to have them, we only listened to them like one time and then put them up for the year. But um, <laughs> so anyway, just want to bring up The Office. Now, that leads me to I think that I'll probably end up watching more random shit on Netflix and other places. I might finally get Stargate SG-1 again on Amazon Prime. Um, I know you love that show. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, Gilmore Girls, we watch all the time. So that might just become more regular. I don't know. I feel like the office of watching has to be replaced well, with something. I'm getting near the end of our Gilmore Girl reruns. So I'll probably take a break before we I start restart that. I'm not like you. I can't just end it and then. Well, I can't again. either with you most shows. With I can't the with the office because it's the best show ever. Uh, I'll probably watch Space Force. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. It has Steve Carell. Right. I like that. Um, so anyway, uh, shows we've been watching. One that both of us watched uh, and we finished it last night is called, I think, The Last Czars. Yes, it was like a documentary film. Right. So we've been thinking about watching it for months. And now it always catches my eye because I think it's a documentary about Russian history of The Last Czars of Russia. And I've always, for whatever reason, been really into Russian history. And... Uh, you liked it because I think it looks like a period piece because it is. It's like a hybrid, like TV show period it's a reenactment piece. of. It's like a really well done reenactment. Of I guess. the Romanovs. Yeah, and so and then you have these historians break in. They explain the situation, not like break in like into the scene, but like like a documentary would. Like the cuts to them, right? And they explain all this shit, and uh, so you like learn a lot, but it's also entertaining, um, and. Uh, I think Russian history is interesting. Yeah, and it was a very tragic story. I mean, I always kind of knew because I had a, like I was saying when we were watching it, I had a book of the Anastasia and the Romanovs when I was a kid, and it was like a information nonfiction type book with lots of pictures and yeah, artifacts and this, in it. And the stuff. show also basically tell gets the mystery of if Anastasia mm -hmm. was actually a Romanov or not. It lets you know all that. Yeah, so the one who was alive afterwards. But it was I didn't realize as much about Rasputin and how creepy he was. I mean, like I always knew he was like the villain of the story, but right. I didn't really know. Well, his I got into story. Rasputin like a month ago when I listened to another podcast, so that was cool to have this immediately afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar with this guy and yeah. this stuff. Um, but yeah, all very crazy, um, very brutal. Right, they are, but it's also, and we talked about the great. You know, Brad Sirx is on here for the 2020 thing. I brought up the great as like a TV show people should watch. And I could just see this also done in that style because they're just royals were so unaware and ignorant. Out of touch, yeah. Yes. Out of touch with. I mean, this was the richest family in the world. Like they owned more land and more buildings and more anything than anyone that was alive. And they'd be like, hey, the people are hungry and they're going to do this. And they're like, there'll be. Oh, they don't. I'm chosen by God. They'll be fine. You know, like they just didn't get what was happening. And then even up to the point they're captured, they're still like. Well, they we're the, the royals. Like they just let people come in and take over. But yeah, I thought the my the part that really stuck out to me was their wedding day and their coronation. Not really their wedding day, but their coronation day. Right. Um, when they became the official czars and 
the peasants that were trampled to death trying to get sacks of gifts. I don't know. It was a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. And superstition and religion, you could see how it all like people bleed into it more because, yeah, yeah, things just kept coming true and shit. Um, So anyway, I would recommend that one. I think it's only like six episodes. right? Yeah, it was six, uh, like 45 minute episodes. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. And then uh, you've watched a show called Bridgerton. Oh, and it's so good. And I'm sure you've all heard of it by now, but it is. (laughs) All my listeners love Bridgerton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really popular in my world, so I assume others have heard of it. But um, it's kind of, I think someone said, Gossip Girl meets, I don't know, period piece. Yeah, it's like... It's 1800s. Gossip Girl with no racism. Well... Or there's like some alternate reality where it's like, this marriage happened, so now everyone's cool with racism. That's brought up at some point, right? Well, they do talk. Okay, so Queen Charlotte, she was a real queen. Queen Charlotte oh. was married to King George the Third, and Queen Charlotte was said to believe like an illegitimate daughter of some black tradesman or something. I don't really know the whole storyline, but she was a real queen, and she's supposedly the first black queen. And so they are talking about, I, th- I think the scene that you're referring to was a reference to her, their marriage. Oh, I see. Well, I just noticed on the show, like half of the cast is black, which is great. But I was like, yeah. I don't know if this happened. Like, No, in- there were in England, uh, there were a few uh, aristocrats, nobles. It was more common. I mean, history could have been whitewashed. If you were, you know, if you were born into the bloodline, you were there people might not have been happy about it but right uh but i don't know just the show i thought that was something that stuck out to me at first i was like oh it's cool it's like a new post-racism take no, on it I, th- I don't really know about all of the main characters but i do know queen charlotte specifically was i see believed to be a black queen but she was i'm guessing fair-skinned and not right uh i mean i'm sure she could pass in some circles as a white person. I don't know exactly. And her portraits, if you look up her portraits, she looks very white. Right. But like you said, whitewash. She could code as white. Is that the term? I listened to a whole podcast the other day about code Sammy switching. Davis, how Sammy Davis Jr. can code as white when you just hear him talk on an um, interview and shit. And it's like, but he was the first famous black person, like in American culture anyway, that could travel the world off. And he married a white woman. And like everything he did was to be like a rich white man. And then people hate him for it. Malcolm X gave the speech of how he was the house Negro. And then it was like, but what else was he going to do? Like in the era he grew up. So Malcolm Gladwell on this podcast talking all about it. It was very interesting. So now I want to read Sammy Davis Jr.'s book, basically. If I ever get in the reading books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Bridgerton um, is good. It's based on a book that I have not read. Um, but I did like the show a lot. I finished it yesterday. All right. And very, very gossip girlish because there's a narrator that. Julie Andrews narrates it. Yeah. And I guess there's like some newspaper that goes out similar to the Gossip Girl blog. Yes. And- Miss Lady Whistleton, something like that. Whistle down. Okay. So that, that one's all right. And then uh, we watched uh, a show. I brought up a little bit on here. Big Mouth. Finish that. Yeah. Big Mouth's one that we watch when it comes around. I, I liked the first season a lot. I thought it was unique, different, kind of edgy. Is, I would say this new season is probably my favorite season. I did not like season two. Really it got weird. The the reason the newest season is my favorite. But I do like Jesse. Because uh, both of our least favorite part of the show is Jay having sex with a pillow. Ugh, why do we need that? I don't. Is that a thing? I don't. I don't know why. I, I didn't know that. any kids growing up, to my knowledge, that humped pillows <laughs> and came in them or whatever. Like that. This is not something I knew, um, but it is something Jay does. And on this season, for the most part, that is not a part of his storyline. He's yeah, with. He has, he has a, girlfriend, a girlfriend, and it's the best part of the show. They are funny. Is their relationship, and so I really enjoyed that part. Now I broke. I don't quite know if I enjoy the whole Nick Star future go I, I don't know that was fucking weird but uh i enjoyed parts of it you know and i didn't have to watch a jay have sex with pillows so that's what made the newest season all right and i know they're doing a spinoff series called like public relations or something like that that's just you know the world that the hormone monsters are from like that dimension it's set in just that dimension interesting with all of their anxiety people and all that and i think it's gonna there'll be adults and shit involved you know and 
So I'm curious to see how that it sounds goes. like Rick and Morty wor- territory. A little bit, a little bit. Which I'm, I'm probably Brad Strax. So again, on that with that, we really love that shit this year. So <laughs> I finally got around to it, and it was, it was good. Um, and then you watched a limited series called Self Made. I don't remember when. Maybe I've already talked about it. I don't think you have. But it was good. Um, it's a it had the shit pile series. It has a, it's a limited series, and it's about um a real woman named Madam C.J. Walker who made hair care line for women of color. Yeah, but the actress is the woman uh, who shits in the pot and yes. the help, right? Yes, I don't know her name. Me either. That's why I call her the shit pot lady. That's, yeah, that's people a would horrible, know horrible <laughs> way to be remembered. I don't approve. Uh, she's really good. I mean, everything <laughs> she's in, but that's the most memorable thing she's done. <laughs> I'm sure. If people called Maya Rudolph the shit in the street lady, I would understand what they're saying. Right. Yeah, that's a good I just know who my Rudolph is because I watch SNL and all that. So uh, just the way it goes. Um, another thing we do TV wise is we've, wa- we've got an antenna. Uh, we've, we've had this antenna for a while, but the antenna on the new TV somehow is just better. Like we used to only get three channels and now we get like 18 channels or something most of the time. Um, and so we've watched a lot of jeopardy and a lot of wheel of fortune and local news and then the fucking voice will come on and all of a sudden i'm watching fucking blake shelton singing with somebody we don't really stick around too long for the voice but there were some christmas songs that i got stuck in right so um i just i kind of enjoy you know because we went so long we don't have cable or anything we never have um but the whole like they just put something on the tv for you there is something non-stressful about that you know like you don't have to choose what you're watching but how many days does the voice need to come on <laughs> that now that's the truth like the voice is on like <laughs> four nights a week and they're like two hour long episodes the other day they're like and this is season 18 of the voice and i was like this came out like after i graduated college like and how the fuck is the voice on season and 18 I thought there was the masked singer but now i guess it's the masked dancer oh. so it's like they can't even come up with very new well i knew when they originally. got little wayne to sing like sing like he's like he sung music and i'm like well everyone's gonna know who that is because fuck it's little wayne Everyone knows his voice. He sings very like I knew they were getting down the list, I guess. I was like, because you would guess that one immediately. Yeah. I don't know how long they are going to if the mask singer is still a thing. But I did see advertisements for the masked dancer. The coolest game show that I wish would have blew up more that I used to like watch when it first came out was the Shazam show. That are like, basically, can you beat Shazam? You know, that one was it was like it would play a song. and You would try to buzz in and say, I know what song that is before yeah. the Shazam I think I Computer. do remember that briefly. And we watched a few episodes and Jamie Foxx hosted. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But I also really enjoy music. And I don't think it really caught on like that, you know. And I didn't know a lot of the old stuff, like classic rock. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm, I don't watch many game shows, but I guess I like the trivia question shows. I yeah, like you like Jeopardy quite a bit. Jeopardy. And then like who wants to be a millionaire? The other day we went, I don't know how many deep where I knew every question for like the first yeah, however it was, many. It was a lot. And I was like, man, I'm, I would have killed this episode. But they say everyone knows it for the most part. It's just really over the speed of. And can you think like under the pressure? Right. But you have to pass some fucking ridiculous written test, like paper oh. tests, I think, before you even make it to that stage. Yeah, like certain IQ. Right. Thing. Um, all right, and then we've watched the movies. Yes. Uh, Before I forget, I finally watched The Goldfinch. Oh, yeah. And it was really good. The book is obviously better. But if you remember, that was one of the ones that took me two months to read. It was the longest book I read this year. It was close to 800 pages. Um, But it's a story of Theo Decker and his turbulent young adulthood. And his semi-criminal lifestyle, but it was really good. And I think you watched some of it. And yeah, I think I watched most of it. Um, I believe. I think you watched the second half because I think I had to explain some of the. Th- no, you had to explain. You had to explain it to me because it fucking it started jumping around, around, around and shit, and I just wouldn't like. And whenever sometimes it's played by the same actor, I'm like, is this before or after the earlier scene? You're like, yeah. I think this is after. I was like, okay, I just want to make sure because it's jumping like crazy. The book does not jump timelines like that. It's just a long linear timeline. Right. But the movie jumps around because I guess they're trying to cover 800 pages. So I see why you would think you were catching me up, but it was just a little yeah. confusing. Yeah, but it was good. 
Um, so finally watched that. It was one that I had been needing to watch this year. And then another one year. that's totally a you movie that I think I sat and watched. Or I, I think I read during you watching no, it. I don't think you had your book yet. Uh, what? Why would I sit there and read it or I watch think it? You maybe pulled in a second screen. Um, but I did. Um, yeah. So it was a movie called Emma that I was like. It looks very pretty, like, you know, lots of good background shots, lots of good setting. But as far as like the the story of the movie, I remember thinking like, who makes that? What is the point? It's a Jane Austen story, in case you, those of you don't know, is it's a classic romance comedy. Emma. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I said, it, it was really well made. I just remember thinking like, this is not enough to get a movie made these days. Like movies have to have like. Oh, I thought yeah. it was wonderful. Um, and the actress was the same woman who played in the Queen's Gambit. Right. So she was good. And um, I thought it was well done. You're, you're, you are right. The artistry, the cinematography, the direction, the view, the vision of the movie was beautiful. Like it was made to get cinematography awards, I guess, is the point of it. Maybe. But I just was like, I don't know. I don't it, know. If did it kind of remind you of like Marie Antoinette? I mean, I've never watched. Marie oh my Antoinette. gosh, it's one of my favorites. I need to watch it on your. You've big never watched TV. Friday, so um, and they had the whole Friday trilogy on HBO Max, and really, we just got to watch Friday, and then Friday, Friday two is the best, and it's not even called Friday two; it's called Next Friday. But anyway, uh, yeah. um, what else is on our movie list? Um, let me see. Wonder Woman. Yeah, we watched Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Um, I liked it quite a bit. A lot of people on the internet are acting like, it, you know, there's whatever problems with it. I thought the opening scene with the little girl was kind of weird. It was very cheesy, but I think it's supposed to be in that 80s action cheesy kind of way. Right, one just a comic book movie-ish type of way. But yeah, I thought the movie was good. I liked Wonder Woman. Uh, I liked the first one better simply because of the time period, I think. Well, I thought the villains were better in this one, but I had a problem with the villain the first one. I didn't think it was very good. And I've seen people complain about the villains in this one, the new one, but they're like, Cheetah looks like she's from the Cats movie. And I was like, I thought I thought Kristen Wiig did a good job as the Cheetah lady. Yeah, I liked Kristen Wiig's character. And it, at, once we got to watching it, I did remember her being in the one comic book of Wonder Woman that I have. It was her versus Cheetah. It's like right. the first one that I have. Um. Right, and those people are mad because I guess Cheetah's origins different in the book. So you know, if people are real big comic fans, I'm sure they are like you know a little upset about that. But I thought the way they did this one, it made sense. You know, in a way, um, I, I thought it all made sense. But then people are comparing it to Superman too, and I've never seen that old yeah. Superman movie. So um, anyway, we liked it. We didn't yeah, have any it problems. Great on our TV. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, I like how. You know, to me, honestly, when you really look at it, I don't think Gal Gadot, I think that's how you pronounce her name, it, she doesn't look like Wonder Woman as far as from, like the neck down, you know, but they do a good job of like, you don't, like she's not real muscular and stuff, you know, like Wonder Woman in the comics is like fucking fuck Superman Yeah, up. but the one in the TV show is not There's from a, the 60s or the movie or whatever. Uh, I see. Um, Linda something. Is but Gal Gadot name? just looks thin. She looks like, so you, you do have to have like, well, she's magic. That's why she's. Punch so I liked hard. her opening s- scene of the warrior girl right. competing in her. Well, that's the way what I was trying to talk about earlier. Oh, I thought you were talking about the little girl at the shopping center. Oh, okay. See, I yeah. thought that was cheesy. A little bit, but that's that's your typical yeah superhero. But I opening. liked the opening where she's back on the island as a kid. See, I don't like that because I thought that to me. Now I don't remember the first movie well enough. Something about that seemed to contradict what we saw in the first movie. But I don't really remember what all we saw in the first movie. I was like, I feel like it opens up with her as a teenager. Oh, okay. See, I, I don't really quite remember, but I remember thinking like, this is weird down a place. But I mean, obviously, people are gonna like this cool little girl. Yeah. Well, and it was just pretty the island. But yeah, we liked Wonder Woman, and then I think we watched Soul our, on New Year's Eve. We watched Soul. On Disney Plus. And right before I watched Soul, I read all of the people saying it was racist. I knew nothing about it going into it. <clears throat> no, I fell asleep a bunch during it, so I can't really give a good review, but... I thought it was cute, and I don't know about the, the critics music and the great. reviews, because I didn't read any of them, but I thought it was a sweet story. Um, obviously, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's a lot of illogical right. thoughts, but... Um, up until when he we the, figure out why it's called Soul, I really liked it. I th- see at first I thought it was Soul just because of the jazz, like right. soul music. 
But once it's like you see his soul, soul, right. After that, I'm like, it's whatever. But up until then, I'm like, this, I loved it. I think it's really good. I like a story of an old man's story. Like, I don't know. I was like, this is different and cool. But then whenever it does shift, uh, Tina Fey's soul character, that people are claiming it's racist because it's like, they can't just tell a black man's story without Tina Fey having to be the white lens through it all. And then all of a sudden, this black man's a white person the whole time. Anyways, that's why people are all upset. Um, Again, I just, I liked it before Uh, all the soul stuff was brought into it. I see that, but I hadn't. Because of my white privilege, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. Right. But And so, again, I thought the music was awesome. Like whenever he like just the beginning of it, whenever he's like in the classroom teaching the kid like he's on the piano as someone who makes a little bit of music and I can't really play the piano. I'm like, holy fuck, this it's so good. And I would do that be that way if I saw a real person in real life play, you know, I'd be like, oh, my God. Uh, but he's like explaining it as well. He's like uh, using, you know, some terms I would notice, uh, you know, about layering and shit and masking. And, uh, anyway, just really good. And then he very quickly again in the beginning of the movie, he's does that again. Like he fucking gets lost in the music and just starts yeah, fucking jazzing he's out in the zone as they call it. Right. And it's like, so fucking good. You're like, yeah, jazz music is really pretty badass. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, it was, I thought it was a good movie. I could, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, see some problems with, um, the perspectives, I guess, but right. ultimately, I thought it was really good. Okay. I didn't. I wish he had a instead of a therapy cat, a therapy dog, but that's okay. Yeah, we're not a big <laughs> cat fans around here. You're allergic, or I'm else you would probably cats. like them. Um, all right. The only thing else I have uh, is I've only really played one video game. That's Days Gone. I'm probably about like sixty to seventy percent through the game. Looking at the, I looked up the other day where I was at on the walkthrough, like which mission i was at on their list and this is the motorcycle one yeah and i just remember when this game came out i want to feel like it was beginning of last year maybe the year before even and all the podcasts listen to just acted like this game wasn't that great you know they're like ah, oh, it's mediocre you know there's all kinds of open world games this one's just blah and then i this is basically me just saying i can't listen to all my podcast references you know necessarily and then other games will act like it's awesome and i'll bomb and i'm like this game's kind of fucking boring you know so this is just a game like i'm playing the whole time like everyone acts like this game was not good and i think this game is excellent like i don't see what any problem anyone has with this game is like they're the only thing i have a problem with is when you leave a settlement like a little encampment then they radio you of hey we have a mission for you even though i was just in your settlement but like whatever triggers it you have to like leave first and that's just annoying, but that's not a big fucking, I mean, that's a video game thing, you know, but anyway, I think the game's really good. I heard the same cut scene like seven times yesterday. You trying to get through something. Yeah, I kept, it, it was one where I had to like track someone and stay hidden and I kept looking away down at my phone and then they would walk away and it was like, you got too far away and then would restart the mission. That's why I kept getting pissed and it was my own fault because I kept looking at my phone um, and not having anything to do with the video game. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I really like Days Gone. Uh, I bet you on the episode was snappy. I don't know how much, don't really remember at the moment, that I bought a external hard drive for my PS4 games so that I can load all these PS4 games on an external hard drive and slowly work through my backlog of all these PS4 games I missed because all of them could be awesome, you know, um, as this one has taught me. You know, I could have just <laughs> brushed right over this, but instead I went back and tried it out. Um, and I don't really think there's that many awesome PS5 games coming out re- anytime soon. And for me, I don't need there to be. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird move to release the console without any games. Right. There's a couple. There's like a Spider-Man game that I've thought about getting and you can buy an ultimate edition that comes with you. I want the Harry Potter and that's the only one. Uh, it's supposed to come out this year. We'll get it. It'll come out in December this year. Maybe. <laughs> they might push it. I mean, they probably won't do December. They probably do November if they're going to do anywhere. You'll know, get that Christmas crowd, the kids. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll pre-order the Harry Potter game as soon as it comes available, just so we can get it locked in. And then we're going to make. I'm assuming we can make a girl character. We'll make a a Koopy character, and then hopefully you'll be a Raven Claw. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Raven Claw. So we'll. Uh, My Patronus is an Osprey. We'll see if I get the same one on the game. We will see. I'm sure you get to choose, maybe. Um, all right. The only thing else that you know about that I know about is my body hurts all the time. And that's yeah. just what happens in the winter. 
It's what I've come to last year. If people remember, I bitched about my shoulders. It's been the knee lately. I hurting all the time. And my shoulders hurt sometimes, but I wake up every 30 minutes, probably throughout the night and readjust so that my shoulders don't hurt. But that's also led to pretty restless sleep. And uh, yeah, my knees, I just wake up in the middle of the night and my right knee will just be throbbing like someone fucking hit it with a hammer or something. And I'm like almost in tears, just waking up of like, oh my God, this really hurts. And then all I do is if I just stand up out of bed, like normally it'll be all right. I try to move and shit. Um, You learn how to sleep standing up. I guess so. And uh, yeah, so my whole body hurts all the time. So getting old. That's Sorry. all. Sorry, I wish I could help. It's no. one of those things where you suffer, and there's nothing I can really do. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, uh, thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.